Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Sorry that I'm practicing good mic technique by trying to get my body. It's all about getting the waves of your cords. Let me tell you about your cords that you got in your throat. I I was more reacting to the wingspan you have right now on those knees. Yeah, there's a listen. It's not man spreading if you're by yourself in one chair. Then it's just expressing yourself. Just spreading. Then it's just spreading. Then it's just a comfort based sort of. Which, as humans, you know, we have a right to do. We have a right to spread in our own homes and our own houses. Mm -hmm. And the government? (laughs) I mean, the government. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, no, that was. Sometimes the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, stop now. That's enough. Don't get me started on the government. I know, right? When the government, ooh, man, <laughs> I get so, I get so mm, that I can't even finish yeah. argh, about and that's, the government. You know what? That's not what this show is about. It's not, but it's hard. You get me started on government. It you is know? hard for me to focus <laughs> on the good stuff happening in there. The show is about wonderful things. The show is about wonderful things. So, government? No, not government. Shh. <laughs> Take a hike, government. Mm-hmm. That's the way I shorten the word government because I don't respect the word. Hey, do you have any small wonders? I do have a small wonder. And that small wonder I am formulating right now as I am talking. Oh, here it comes. So maybe you should go first. Uh, my small wonder is I have had the same, literally the first thing that I saw with my eyes when I was pressed to discuss it. I have had the same bottle of glasses cleaning solution uh, for (laughs) easily two years now, right? I got it from uh, an optometrist visit, I want to say in 2018, early spring 2018. Using it and cleaning my glasses, I feel like I have supervision. It's like a whole new set of glasses because we have a child who likes to play with the glasses. They get smudgy, dirty. I can't see very well, but I'm not very good at like realizing that. And then I'll be like, hey, I'm going to treat myself by cleaning my glasses with the fluid. And then it's like I can see through walls. Like I can see super, super good. I've had the same bottle of this cleaning fluid I use to give myself a real touch up <laughs> for two years. It's that <laughs> bottle right there. Look at it. What it, percentage? There's, there's, yeah. What percentage empty do you think it is? That's like 2%. It's like forever. It's like forever, this bottle. Yeah. It's so dope. It's your forever bottle. I love cleaning my glasses. Mm-hmm. I love what it's like to look through clean glasses. Mm-hmm. Surely that was enough time for you. <laughs> uh, I am going to give credit to the four pound bag of Easter candy. Oh, yeah. That we received from my mother. Yeah. Approximately two weeks after Easter. Yes. Which was exactly when we needed it. Right. It was, it landed perfectly in the. In the I sweet spot. It was intended to be for our son, but he does not know about that bag. No, we that did a, steal basically a, a mommy and daddy bag. That's a mommy daddy bag of Easter candy. <laughs> Listen, he's a he's a little tyke. We don't want him to have four pounds of if I were to space it out, I would let I would want our son to eat four pounds of candy over the span of oh eleven years. Yeah, exactly. But me, I'm a big adult man. Yeah. My metabolism can handle four pounds of candy. Although it's really down to about three quarters of one pound of candy at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been good. Been getting us through the hard times. I believe you go first this week. My first topic. Yes. Is the lava lamp. Oh, shit. Yeah. The lava lamp. You ever make one of them by yourself? Make one. Well, I mean, make a like, you know, low, low budge water and oil lava lamp. No. Really? Oh, man. Was I, this a science project? It was a science project. I feel like I made one at church. 
I feel like there. Why? Why did I make a lava lamp at church? Yeah, was there like a STEM education component of your church? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh no, there wasn't. No, there was not. Was it like a camp? Was it like a maybe? It was like a vacation Bible school project situation. But you you could do like food coloring in the water, and then you put the oil in, and it would like blobs of it would float around. Was there a light component? No. Again, a very low budge. I, I so guess not it was really just a lava a, lamp. No, at all. just a lava. <laughs> I am excited to hear about the history of the lava lamp. Yeah. So I, um, I would say mid nineties. Uh, particularly while I was in middle school, became very interested in owning a lava lamp. Yes. Because I had seen them at the Spencer's Gifts. I was just about to ask uh-huh. if it was a Spencer's Gifts situation. Uh-huh. It is weird to me. I know our listenership across all of our shows skews pretty young. I don't know if Spencer's Gifts, it's not still a thing, is it? Spencer's Gifts? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I haven't seen one. I I mean, malls aren't a thing necessarily as yeah, much as they are. Yeah, we have... Uh, a mall that we have frequented and I do not recall ever seeing a Spencer's no. in it. So it's wild to me that like there's a lot of stuff that I only knew about because of Spencer's gifts. Yeah. I and mean Hot Topic still exists. Yeah, I guess they might Hot Topic supplanted it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it was a novelty. <laughs> it was a novelty shop. They sold uh, rude greeting cards. They sold, uh, <laughs> if you wanted some sort of Austin Powers memorabilia, they yes. would have it at Spencer's mm-hmm. Gifts. They would have like, uh, if you wanted like a, a walkie-talkie fart machine, you would get that at Spencer's Gifts. If you wanted a plasma ball, they're gonna have that right at yeah. Spencer's mm-hmm. Gifts. I'm pretty sure plasma ball was the like fucking foundation of <laughs> That's their- That's what the store started with. Yeah. Just one plasma ball. Just one ball. plasma ball, yeah. Uh, in the like mid to late nineties, there was a real resurgence of like, I don't know, like sixties and seventies nostalgia. Yeah. Um, not just because of Austin Powers, although it didn't hurt. Um, a lot of the fashion of the grunge era was like very thrifty. Interesting. You know, there was this idea of like, you know, getting that polyester shirt from your, your local value village. Uh, and I feel like that kind of jump-started this idea of like, I want my whole life to be groovy. I would say that went all the way up to early aughts. You think about that, uh, Britney, uh, that, that, uh, that Paris Hilton, there was for sure a like bell-bottom hippie oh, gene yeah, resurgence. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know where you were going with that. No, I'm saying like this, this aesthetic I think carried over into, uh, it well, well into the aughts. Yeah. So here's so here's what's interesting about the history of the lava lamp. There are there are a bunch of surprises. Oh boy. Okay, so it was created in 1963 by a British accountant named Edward Craven Walker. Okay, cool last name. Uh, and originally it wasn't marketed as this like psychedelic thing. Um, it was actually advertised in the American Bar Associated Association Journal. What uh, for lawyers? Touted as an executive model, and it could be mounted on a walnut base alongside a uh, a ballpoint pen in the ad. Okay. Yeah, but then of course, like the big psychedelic movement happened, and it was like, oh, this is this would be good for yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so this guy, this Edward Walker gentleman, mm. who, as I mentioned, British accountant, also had a history of creating naturism films, which was. Uh, Nude films. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Not he, not pornographic. Why no, did no, I no. say that word like that? 
<laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, sometimes you say words funny, so I didn't like that. Think wasn't anything one of, of them. Porno- that wasn't intentional. Pornographic. Por- pornographic. <laughs> uh, he went under the pseudonym Michael Ketering uh, and directed several films in the late 50s and early 60s. These are just nude people films? Yeah. So one, for example, Traveling Light came out in 1959, and it was filmed off the coast of Corsica, uh, and it was just an underwater ballet of nude people. Hmm. All right. Cool. Uh, Anyway, he got the idea for the lava lamp. He was at a pub and noticed a homemade egg timer created from a cocktail shaker filled with different liquids bubbling on a stovetop. Interesting. And he thought, that's pretty cool. I'm going to steal that. Mm -hmm. So he used a light bulb as the heat source Mm -hmm. and used a bottle, which previously contained a beverage called orange squash, Hmm. which was a drink in England that was apparently pretty gross. Yeah. But came in that, if you think about a lava lamp, like it is basically in like a glass bottle. Uh, It is both water and then wax. And included in the wax is something called carbon tetrachloride, which adds the weight to the wax. Okay. So that it moves, when it heats up, it moves kind of more, um, you know, I I don't know what the word is. Weirdly. Yeah, weirdly. (laughs) I recognize the name of that chemical, and I think it might be from all the fucking slime videos. Oh, maybe. 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 Um. So the heat source at the bottom liquefies the waxy blob. As it expands, its density decreases and rises to the top, where it cools, congeals, and begins to sink back down. Mm. So it gets far away from the heat source, and then, you know, the process continues over and over again. Uh, This became popular partially because it had cameos in the hit shows Doctor Who and The Avengers. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think... uh... I think this was like part of the TARDIS aesthetic for a season, right? The, yeah. Uh, okay. Can't you see? I, I, I may just be pulling that out of my ass, <laughs> but I could see like one of the, because each doctor has a new like sort of TARDIS design. I could see that being the 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 aesthetic for one of them. Yeah. It, so originally it was called a, an astro lamp. Okay. I mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so the, the phenomenon, as I mentioned, kind of cooled in the 70s. Um, and sank back down to the bottom yeah. of the, the <laughs> Where trends. Where it heated up again. Right. Um, it, they were only manufacturing about 1,000 lights per year. Oh, my God. Uh, but then in the Austin Powers era, as I mentioned, the public again warmed to the lamps. And then it started to float again. Uh, and in 2000, Mathmos, which was the name of the company now, sold 800,000. Oh, man. Um, and you can find them now at like Target and Walmart. Like it's it's a part of the culture and it doesn't seem to entirely disappear. Again, granted, it's not as popular. Like in the 90s, everybody had a lava lamp. Yeah. Everybody I knew had one. Yeah, we had one um, mm. and it broke at one point and that oh. wasn't good. It wasn't on when it broke, which is cool because it probably would have started like an electrical fire in our house, but it for sure broke and we lost. I took it very seriously because I remember the package said not to leave it on for longer than like two hours. Mm. So I felt very strongly about that, but then I would go over to people's houses and they just had them on 24 hours a day. And Those things got fucking very very hot it was like the uh the corn baller from arrested development like you (laughs) would go over to a friend's house and like accidentally brush up against it and suffer a serious serious burn (laughs) 
Um, boy, howdy. My first topic really dovetails, I think, pretty nicely with uh, your first topic, because my first topic is laser tag. So oh, we're kind of like hitting a yes. very specific sort of time window. Uh, for me, laser tag had sort of like two implications to my youth. And the first was like the more exciting one. It was like the like in the pantheon of vacation activities at like tourist trappy places. It was like the shit. It was like the thing I looked forward to is that and mini golf. Whenever we'd go on vacation to um, you know, Myrtle Beach or, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in, in Florida where my nanny was living or uh, the big one was Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. shit. Now, did your parents play with you guys or was this, I this think just so. your brothers? Yeah. No, I think they would probably play with us. It would be, oh I remember playing at, at Cusar. Do you ever fuck with Cusar? I don't know what that is, Griffin. Cusar. Well, it's a pretty major like chain of, is it? Uh, of laser tag places. Yes. Cusar is probably arguably the biggest chain of laser tag places. Uh, quick history lesson. It uh, opened in, it was developed in 1987 in uh, Perth, Australia, and it was called Quasar, but because of trademark concerns when it came to the US, they had to change it to Quasar. But it was in like the UK and it was in. Uh, oh, okay. Like, so Ireland this was... isn't just like a regional thing. No, this was okay. like a huge, huge thing. Uh, and Quasar kicked ass, man. It was like laser tag, which there were laser tag places that existed uh, all over. There was, uh, I think, in Dallas, what was it? Uh, Photon was the name of uh, a place, I think, in Dallas. It was like the first major like laser tag establishment opened in 1984 um, uh, from this dude named George Carter III, who saw Star Wars and was like, let's just do that. Uh, but Qzar was like this idea refined because you had teams and everybody had the vests and the blasters and the blasters had like, like ammo. My experience with laser tag is it is always a room within a much larger arcade. Yes. Well, no, Qzar was like its own. It's deal. just laser tag. Yeah. And it was wow. huge. It was like this multi-story battlefield installation where they were like, bases and outposts that you had to capture by going inside and like shooting specific discs and if you got blasted you had to go and recharge your ammo back at your home base yeah there were different see, game modes it was like this so is not an stuff. experience i had it was ever. uh it was so sick it was like the thing that uh, i would like look if we went to the beach and i knew that qzar was also in the future there fuck the beach <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, like, how do i get indoors again <laughs> how do i get back to qzar uh so the history of laser tag is uh is fairly interesting it was uh it sort of developed out of a combat training sort of program for the army called the miles system it's an acronym but i didn't look up what it stands for so let's just say major in Intelligent laser execution system. system. Yeah, of cool. Course, of yeah, course, that sounds really yes. cool. Uh, and so the technology kind of came out of that. It's not particularly sophisticated. It's just infrared technology that you might have in a remote control, as evidenced by the fact that if you had laser tag toys at home, you could just use a remote control as a blaster. That was oh. something that I would do from time to time if I wanted to get tricky, like, oh, I don't have a gun. But wait, I do. Channel five. <laughs> Um, so the home toys, uh, Photon, the establishment I mentioned earlier, the first sort of major laser tag establishment, released their own uh, like line of home toys in 1986. And nearly at the same time, uh, a company called Worlds of Wonder released their uh, trademarked lasers with a Z, laser tag set. Uh, and uh, they would both shut down both companies would shut down within the span of the next couple of years but the laser tag brand would go would bounce around all kinds of different companies uh i think right now i want to say ha no nerf has it right now 
Uh, and they're still making stuff from time to time. But in the like late 90s, there was like this swell of laser tag toys where you could get the dopest shit. Like we had a set of pistols with the vest that you could wear. You could get the bazooka oh that would gosh. like launch in like a, 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 a different pattern. You could set like, I feel like there were like mine traps. There was this whole set of toys uh, and we would play constantly. Like, now, you have to play at nighttime, right? Like, no, no. Because it seems like my experience with laser tag is that there's like some kind of, you know, like pointer, like red dot sight thing that helps you aim. No. And you can't really see that in the daylight. I no, we, it didn't really have that. Again, it was essentially a pistol shaped television remote control that would just send out like an IR blast, almost like a... Um, uh well no not a light gun i think a light gun like the nintendo zapper was like a different so thing. accuracy wasn't particularly important not the strong suit of this thing no. okay okay uh there was also like a target practice set there was all kinds of stuff we would mostly play indoors so your concerns about the sun <laughs> interfering are uh that were is not true a concern when i think of children's toys i usually think of a child being outdoors and then i remember that was not exactly what you did, per yeah, se. Yeah, no, not not especially. Uh, this was, I think we got a set for Christmas and, like, for the next, like, two years. Like, we just played all the time. Uh, our friends would get, like, other, like, toys in the, in the set and just bring them over. And we could have, like, laser tag wars in the, in the I was about to say backyard, but that would be a falsehood. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I have not played in a long time, but here in Austin, there is a, a, an establishment called Blazer Tag. Oh, my gosh. That was so fucking fun. I think I've only been to it once or twice, and whenever I I've gone, I think it to, was just once. Maybe it was just once. Uh, and we played, and it was the most fun. It's in the Qzar family of just like there's uh, objectives and like a bunch of different multiple stuff. levels, multiple levels. We all can, came like, out run. the sweatiest we'd ever. I been. came out thinking my heart was about to fucking explode <laughs> in my chest. It was one of those things where I was having so much fun that I did not realize I was essentially full-blown sprinting through this place <laughs> for like a, a half hour and then we got outside and i like could not breathe uh but it's still so fun i like laser tag a lot i like the idea of laser tag the idea of laser games it has always thrown me a little bit because the accuracy kind of eludes me like mm. I, I have never really been particularly good because you'll aim at something in those like little arenas right that's like a hundred feet away and it's like, am I? I don't know. Am I? Did I hit it? Am yeah. I hitting it? <laughs> you, you're more into the uh, the paintball scene, the airsoft. No, scene. see, I hate that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I have nothing against laser tag. I just I have no idea whether I'm good at it or not. My right. instinct says no that I am not. <laughs> I believe the opposite. I think you're good at everything you try to do. Well, thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes, except making the air horn noise. That's like the one. That's like the one skill that eludes. Oh, you, you. mean boop 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 boop? Yeah, that's that, that exactly. <laughs> Griffin. Yeah. You know it's a shame. What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's Factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> 
Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this, this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Hey, I got a gumbo tram here, and this one is for Amanda, and it's from D, who says, To my beloved Amanda, you are the greatest and the center of my world. You make every day wonderful, from your awesome attitude to your gorgeous smile. You are brave and courageous. Thank you for marrying me and making our wonderful babies. I love you so much, D. Wanted this one close to Mother's Day, coming in pretty close, I think. Coming in pretty close to that one. It's uh, it's this Sunday, folks. Get get a card. Get some uh, <laughs> get some chocolates. You know what I mean? Uh huh. As you say this, I just assume that I am getting all of those things. <laughs> you got other things, not chocolates, because we do again have a four pound bag. <laughs> it, would be, it would be irresponsible to bring more chocolate into this house. Uh, can you read the second message? The second message is for future parentheses now present. Allison from Past Allison. Hey there, beautiful. Here's hoping you're making good choices and living your truth. Remember that shining bright helps others see, so pass that confidence around like a blunt and let that vibe waft like thick cotton. Mm. Breathe deep. We've got this. I like that. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard an inspirational message be so sort of uh, married to sort of weed uh, language. But I, it excites me. I like let that vibe waft. Let the vibe waft. Everybody's checking the vibes. Everybody's doing vibe checks these days. Don't check the vibe. Just let it waft let like it waft. thick cotton. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hi, I'm Lori Kilmartin. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show. Who are you, Lori Kilmartin? Oh, my God. So much pressure. Uh, I'm a stand-up. I've been doing stand-up since 1987. Uh, I'm a writer for Conan. I've written a couple books, have a couple CDs out, have a special out. Who are you, Jackie? Well, I, too, am a stand-up comic since 1984, and uh, I do the road 
like a maniac and uh, don't have a cool writing job, but I have four albums out, working on a new album. We talk about stand-up. We talk about uh, all the different parts of stand-up comedy. So that's the Jackie and Lori Show, and you should subscribe on Maximum Fun if you want to hear that. (laughs) And I would encourage you not to. I need to hear your second thing. I need it. My second thing is very specific. Okay. It is using Google Earth to visit places you used to live. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is the most specific. That is the most specific. I don't, I don't, I imagine a lot of people haven't lived as many places as we have, mm. but. Um... Real world travelers. <laughs> okay. Well, there was that one season we spent in Prague. <laughs> um, you remember? You remember I... the. The wildflowers. What did we do in Prague? Oh, we marched in the Great Rebellion. Uh And had the traditional food in Prague, which is... Oh, spetzel. Okay. Cake. (laughs) Spetzel cake? Yeah. Ooh. I'm sorry, I've said it wrong. Special cake. Special cake. There you (laughs) go. In Prague, they make a special cake. What's in it? (laughs) You're going to have to go to Prague to see. Uh Like we have. Like, like we did. Like we have gone to Prague. And lived there for as a season. Lovers. Which season did we spend in Prague as lovers? The, let's say it at the same time. One, two, three. Spring. Fall, spring. <laughs> uh, I, I Again, I haven't, I haven't lived. I've lived in a total of three states. Uh, and um, most of the places I lived, I lived for like a year in like an apartment complex or something. Right. Um, but a lot of the places I've lived have developed significantly since I've lived there. And so it is interesting to enter an address, which I remember because I lived there mm-hmm. and see how it looks. Ooh, that's a fun game. Right? That's a fun game is trying to remember my addresses. You don't remember your address? <laughs> I could probably, okay, I remember my address from when I lived in Chicago. Uh-huh. I remember, I think I remember all our addresses here in Austin. I do not remember my Cincinnati address. I, I should say that one of my Chicago addresses, I remember the street. I don't remember the exact number. I can't remember, uh, gun to my head, any other place I lived in Huntington except for my house that I grew up in. And I, I lived in like five different apartments in Huntington. I cannot remember a single one of them. I just, so especially, I would say especially in Chicago, I have found this feature exciting. Yeah, I've done this before also. With yeah, with Google Earth, like it's satellite images and a lot of times it's like street images yeah street view and so you especially in chicago where you walk around a lot you can like walk through your old neighborhood and be like oh hey that walgreens is still there yeah but oh that chipotle is not oh no what happened (laughs) um it's it's shocking to me there is an apartment complex i lived in when i was in columbia missouri in college that looks exactly the same and keep in mind, this is 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, that must have the same owner and they must definitely not have painted it ever. The place I lived in Roscoe Village has not uh, changed because we actually visited there, I think, last year when we did a show in Chicago. Oh, yeah. We, it was some recent tour we did. We stopped in Chicago and I caught a train and like went walked through my old neighborhood because it was really nice outside and I wanted to see like what was different. And it was just exactly the same. Roscoe Village, man. It's a, uh, you know. It's we move we go things go a little slower down here. <laughs> yeah. See, meanwhile, my apartment in Chicago, um, when I was a 
in graduate school has changed dramatically. Uh, they've done a lot of development, a lot of condos. And so it was like difficult for me to find my bearings mm-hmm. because what used to be like a, you know, a, a shopping plaza is now a huge like 10 story condo situation. <sighs> I don't it always seem to go. You don't know what go. I've had that song stuck in my head. We were trying to figure out what it, like impressions we could do. And Rachel said, I do a pretty good Joni Mitchell which I don't, but I have had that song stuck in my head, specifically actually the Vanessa Carlton uh, version <laughs> of it that she does with the Counting Crows leads Adam Duritz. I don't think I know. Well, maybe I do know this. It was a version that most people know. It was the version I knew before I knew that Joni Mitchell did it. And there's a verse where Adam Duritz comes in so fucking hard. <laughs> and he's like, Farmer, farmer, put away your DDTs. (laughs) Leave me words in my apples. Leave me the words and the bees. He like fucking hits it so hard. (laughs) Farmer, farmer, put away your DDTs. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember how we started talking about that. Oh, because I was talking about condos. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went on a whole journey there. Anyway, can I quickly tell you about Google Earth? Sure. (laughs) Uh, in 2005 is when it was launched. Uh, Google purchased Keyhole Inc., which became Niantic, the Google subsidiary responsible for Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. Niantic made another game that was like the precursor to Pokemon Go, whose name escapes me at the moment. I didn't know that they did Google Earth as well, though. That's wild. Yeah, so they use, um... Satellite and aerial imagery, which is a partnership with NASA and National Geographic and others. Uh, Google Earth digitally stitches together billions of images taken by satellite and aerial photography. Uh, I guess when you open Google Earth, what you're looking at is uh, a springtime in every area of the planet. Whoa. They call it, quote, pretty Earth. (laughs) So they just used a composite all around the world of every area in springtime. That's wild. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Make it look extra lush, I guess. But even in like, but there's certain places, like you think of like, uh, I don't know, like Nagano, like places where like the winter is like the pretty, the pretty, the pretty area, the pretty times. Uh, Snowshoe in West Virginia, I think probably looks better with snow on it. Well, it, it, when you zoom in, right? Like, yeah, I guess that's so. the thing. Like, obviously, even at Street View, like you zoom in, and it may be like Christmas time, depending on when they did yeah, that that image so. capture. Uh, Google Earth has also been used for a lot of productive purposes. This is something I didn't know about. There was uh, someone named Saru Brierly, who was an orphan from India, who was raised in Australia. Uh, This person was able to reconnect with their birth family after being separated for 25 years by following geographic markers on Google Earth. Hmm. These experiences were detailed in a book called A Long Way Home, which was turned into a movie called Lion in 2016. Sounds fascinating, though, right? Like, if you think about it, if you can approximately remember where you grew up, then you can kind of identify a lot of landmarks and kind of relocate yourself where you were. Yeah. There's also been um, positive results for tracking climate change Hmm. through this product. Um, They've been able to, in Indonesia, a conservation group was able to view illegally fished and overfished areas of the coast. Uh, They've also been able to identify uncharted, untouched rainforest in Mozambique. 
Um, you've been able to do a lot of modeling because you can track it over time. You right. can see like the impacts over years. Um, this is something I didn't know about. Google apparently partnered with Sesame Street and Carmen San Diego to develop <gasps> interactive games. Uh, each region of the world has its own unique Sesame Street characters, and you can do guided tours of different regions Fuck led yeah. by led by the associated character. I'll say the most important contribution that Google Earth has given the planet is how John Boys uses it in all of his videos for uh, for SB Nation, like uh, the Pretty Good series in seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy six. Uh, if you have not read that or watched that, he like I don't makes know what videos. you're talking about. Oh, I, I've shown you John Boyd's stuff before. He did Breaking Madden, which is like the series yeah, where he yeah. like fucks up uh, se- seasons of Madden, uh, the 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 video game. But he also like uses it in all of his videos as like a a, a visual aid for all kinds of different cool things. Uh, it's inspiring as somebody who likes to or used to like to make videos uh, without learning really. Uh, high touch technique, seeing Google Earth be used to really uh, enhance a video is exciting to me. Yeah, so I um I think this is this is really nice. I really enjoy it. It's fun to kind of see when the photo was taken and be like, oh hey, that's my car. Yeah. Um but they do, you know, protect your privacy to a certain degree. So it's not like you're able to read license plates. So yeah. nobody nobody steal my car. Please don't steal Rachel's car. I can't believe we have to keep asking. <laughs> Can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. Free restaurant bread. When the bread at the restaurant's free. Whoa. When you're at the restaurant and you get free bread, especially when you don't expect it, right? <laughs> especially when you're at like a place, like a, a non-chain restaurant, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there and you've ordered your fancy entree and you're excited about that. And then just like bread shows up and you're like, fuck yeah. Oh, I didn't isn't it even funny know. when you don't know that they give you free bread and you ask for bread and then the waiter is like, Oh, bread's coming. Don't you, you worry. You fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, you can pay for the bread. Stupid. Uh, I love bread. Bread is good. Uh, I think it ranks up there with some of the best foods on the planet, and restaurants are just giving this stuff away. When <laughs> people complain, they're like, oh, you're going to fill up on bread. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Good. Yes, I am. I am. That's Thank the you. idea. I, and then I get leftovers. This is a win-win scenario for me. Is I will fill up. I have had several times where I've fe- like filled up so much on bread and maybe a couple appies off a platter that then the entree shows up. And I'm like, just box it. I ain't touching it. That's a tomorrow <laughs> meal. Uh, you talk about like a, a Texas Roadhouse where they roll up and they got them them big rolls with the honey butter. <sighs> Let's talk about Olive Garden, where they roll up and you do have infinite breadsticks. Yeah. Infinite breadsticks that you can use for dippings in your sauce. Olive Garden is built around the philosophy that they are going to give you too much food. Let's talk about nasty Olive Garden, which is what I call Fazoli's, where they roll up (laughs) with their little little spicy bastards that Mm -hmm. you can have infinite of, and they just walk around and give it to you at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Let's talk about Red Lobster. Let's talk about those Cheddar Bay Biscuits. You've never been to Red Lobster before, have you? Mm -hmm. We've talked about this. No, I've had... This is unthinkable to me. I've had a biscuit from there because you can easily recreate them, as I understand it. Yeah, I mean, you can come close. You can come within striking distance, maybe. But there's nothing like the genuine article. Cheddar Bay? Cheddar Bay is where (laughs) these biscuits hail from. Uh, It's off the Amalfi Coast. Uh... I, 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 we gotta go to Red Lobster. We gotta go. I gotta okay. get you to Red Lobster during sh- like fucking Lobster Fest. 
or Shrimp Fest. One time I watched my brothers compete in a shrimp eating contest during Shrimp Fest at a Red Lobster. And it's oh. the worst thing I've ever, it's the worst thing I ever saw. It's the worst thing I ever saw. They kept track by the tails that they left sort of. Oh. Yeah, man. It was grisly. Did you not participate? Fuck no, I didn't participate. Good for you, Griffin. Did I participate? Uh-oh. I don't think I, I don't think I participated. <laughs> um, Texas, here in Texas, like most barbecue restaurants, like they will give you fresh baked bread. That is a big thing at County yes, Line, which is a chain that's what here I was trying in to Austin. Remember. Yeah, County Line is a place here in Austin. They give you like a whole loaf of bread. They will give you a whole loaf of freshly baked white bread that is so good. And they have little cups of butter that you can spread on it. And it's just so dope. And it goes with barbecue so swimmingly. Anytime you get a wet food, like a barbecue <laughs> or a pasta, and then you get the bread for diplums. You came in like Adam Duritz on that wet food line. (laughs) Give me the dip booms, please. Uh, So I was curious why it's a common thing, and it's not like especially surprising. Bread is kind of a edible symbol for hospitality. Uh, Hence, like breaking bread. Uh, So its origins are sort of based in that. But also, like, not a surprise at like taverns back in the olden days, things like... Uh, meat or certain types of produce or cheese or whatever were the more difficult kinds of food to come across uh, as opposed to bread, which was fairly easy. You just get some grain and mill it and whatever. Uh, So bread was cheaper and more plentiful. So there really was this concept of we're going to fill people the hell up on bread so that we can serve them less of (laughs) the good stuff. So we can bring them one apple. Um, And you may have had the thought of like, boy, how can they afford to just give away the free bread? I mean, philosophically, the price is then elevated on every other object. It's tied into the price of other things. Yeah. I it, I didn't realize that. I've never, maybe I shouldn't. You know that restaurant I've been planning on opening? Uh-huh. Maybe I shouldn't. Off the coast of Cheddar Bay? Off the coast of Cheddar Bay in, in the Manchego <laughs> coast, Manchego Peninsula. I wonder if you didn't ask for bread, if you said, I'm not going to be eating bread, could you discount three cents from... From the price of of all of my things. Uh, Yeah, so like it uh, it became so commonplace that it became sort of unnatural for people to ask customers to pay for bread. And so like that's that is why it is sort of a thing uh, at at restaurants. But man, I ain't complaining. I ain't complaining. God, I love free restaurant bread. Fucking spaghetti factory. When they bring you that uh, the the focaccia bread with like, and then you have a little tr- little bowl with uh, olive oil and cracked pepper inside of it, fuck, <laughs> man, that's good. That's, uh, yeah. What's I mean, your favorite bread? I feel like this is a one sided conversation. I know you love free restaurant bread. You know, I've been trying to think about free restaurant bread. Sometimes they bring you like a basket and it has different types of bread in yeah. it. Yeah. That's fun. Except sometimes it has like those crispy cracker like breadstick thing. Get those the fuck out of there. That's mm-hmm. not really. That's mm-hmm. that's a different thing. Bring me a cracker basket and then you can put that in there. Give me some Chex Mix. <laughs> anyway, do you want to hear what our friends at home are talking about? Yes, please. A lot of people wrote in about free restaurant bread. Just like everyone. So like every, every week people write in a hundred times about free restaurant bread. And I have to just sort of, I have a filter for it now in our, our inbox, which is what? Wonderfulpod at gmail.com. Hit us up if you want to submit. Or is it wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com? Ooh, no one's quite sure, are they? <laughs> yeah, it is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. So uh, if you have submissions, send it there. Just a sentence, please. Just one sentence. 
please. Uh, like this one sentence that we got from, okay, actually this may be multiple sentences. Michelle says, something I think is wonderful is chip clips. My husband and I recently bought a pack of rainbow magnetic ones and we've been using them liberally, cereal bags, frozen veggies, and occasionally even chips. They're so satisfying to use, and when at rest, they decorate the side of our fridge with a cheerful pop of color. Oh, that is nice. We need to get us some chip clips. We do. What I use is I use rubber bands off of other packages, mm. and the rubber band isn't always a great sealer no. because it'll it'll scrunch up your, your chips. It's so you not be ideal. be careful with that. Kevin says, my small wonder is that extra little bonus sip you get when you're filling up a to-go cup at the soda station. It's when you have to sip down the overflow, but then get it to fill back up before capping <laughs> it and leaving the restaurant. The world's least consequential but most thrilling crime. Oof. <laughs> I do like that. I think that's allowed. I, I think, think they, I don't know that it's a prosecute, crime. Prosecute you on that one. Yeah. Um, man, I'm just... The first place that I remember there being like a self-serve soda station, and that's a mouthful, in Huntington was the Fazoli's that we would go to after church sometimes. And we would do the like disgusting mixture of different soda flavors. Oh my gosh, you really painted a picture of the McElroy family in this episode. I have, haven't I? <laughs> uh, hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use for our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah, thank you, Maximum Fun. A lot of uh, comedy and culture shows. Um, they just recently announced that uh, Bubble is being optioned for film usage, which That's is exciting. So if you exciting. haven't listened to Bubble, I would recommend you check that out. It's a good show. Uh, there's another new show on the network, uh, Triple Click. It's a gaming podcast that's got uh, some good folks in it. Kirk Hamilton, Maddie Myers, Jason Schreier, uh, former Kotaku uh, folk. Uh, it's it's uh, I'm, I, I'm very, very excited that it's a part of the network. They're all good. Good beans. That's a thing that people say sometimes. Yeah, sure. Uh, and let's just sort of like send them off with just like, how's your fiber intake? Oh, yeah, this Every, is a good... Mm. And let's talk about this. Yeah, it's please. It's so hip and so trendy to be like, your breathing's not right. Are you drinking enough water? Let's let's have a moment of contemplation for your mind. And it's like, that's all good. And you do got to do that stuff. But how's your fiber doing? Do you want to tell them your fiber tip? I, I eat fiber gummies, but then we ran out, and I don't necessarily feel like exposing myself to the outside world for fiber gummies. So I was looking in our coffee cabinet, and what's there in the back? A big orange tub of Metamucil? You know I'm going to dip into that. Hello. Some people get their fiber, you know, from like a leafy vegetable. Not me. Griffin says, no, thank you. I see a tub of muse in the coffee cabinet. I say, hello, gorgeous. How can it it be orange flavored? Mm, That's what I want. Yeah. Without having to eat an orange. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.